Welcome to Monster Chats, presented by Monster VoIP, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales and organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions that come up during today's episode, please text them to 424-378-6966. Please welcome the founder of Monster VoIP, your host, Colin Mitchell. On today's episode, I'm talking with Adrian Miller. Adrian is a author, speaker, and consultant. And today we're going to dig into her story and learn more about her journey as an entrepreneur. My name is Colin Mitchell. I'm the founder of Monster VoIP and the host of Monster Chats. Adrian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. Feeling good. Like the sign behind your head. Those are. Uh, you know, words I could live by. So I immediately, when I dialed in, smiled. Yeah, I love, I love that. Then we're going to get along great. So, um, <laughs> you know, let's just, you know, you have four companies, which is amazing. Um, so you're probably, you know, you, you know that entrepreneur journey, struggles, and everything in between. Um, so I really just want to dig in and, and learn more about you. What's your story? Like, where did you grow up as a kid? When did you, when and why did you decide you want to be an entrepreneur? Okay. So I'm in New York and I grew up in New York with a few little, um, detours to some other cities, but my heart really does belong in New York. I'm one of those people who enjoys um, the noise, the amount of people. Of course, we have none of this right now, but I enjoy, I actually enjoyed New York when it was a little grittier. That's mm. a little bit like a theme park now, but I'm a person who loves the theater. I love diversity. I love the subway. Yeah. I really love everything about New York. My feeling is if you don't love most of the things about New York, I wonder why the heck you were here. It's a very hard city to live mm. in. It's got all those things I love. Most people detest or a lot of people detest. And you can have a kinder, more gentle life mm -hmm. at a much more um, satisfactory price point in so many other places in the world. Yeah. And if you don't avail yourself of all the things that New York has to offer, I think it just weighs on your shoulders as opposed to being, for me, it's a rush. I mean, mm. it's like, I get like, ah, crowds, yay! And other people are like, oh my God, get me out of here. And I, yeah. I really think exactly the opposite. So obviously <laughs> New York is in your blood, it sounds it like, it in your DNA. Um, it is. So it must be strange then. New York is not the New York that you're used to. It must be a little bit New York is different. super weird now. So let me say, though, I, I do take um, eight weeks vacation, not all at the same time. I'm a big traveler. I love to travel, um, tra have traveled extensively for a very long time. You'll appreciate this as a dad of uh, small children. My kids first plane rides and trips abroad were when they were six weeks old wow. and never really stopped, um, had it down. I actually, there was a publication called travel with your children back when they were print publications and I wrote a column for it and I wrote, I used to post articles and have a little picture of my kids because we had some, um, remarkable um, adventures and actually it's pretty funny my son last night texted me do you still have the picture 
of me wearing my underpants on my head <laughs> and standing in the window in Paris. Wow. And I probably do. I don't have the time to go searching that out. But yes, he... Um, so he still has those memories. So I started my business, my first business, when my kids were two and a few months and zero. And I started it because I felt that um, I needed a job. I thought it was a job. I didn't know it was going to be a company forever. I needed a job that would let me be more grounded. Okay, and um, not travel as much and be home better hours and stuff like that. So I started my company. That held true for a little while because I thought it was just going to be like this thing, like a little gap of a year and then I'd go back and work for a big company. And I never did because I had a lot of clients and a lot of great stuff going on. And so I just continued. And so what was are. what was that business? Tell us a little bit about what, what you did. It's sales consulting and training. Um, what I was doing before was working in um, sales and account management, and I was really good at it. Okay. And so I'm instinctively a good salesperson, and I'm instinctively a great sales cheerleader. I really am. And so I work in all sorts of different companies, big and small, every possible industry, and enjoy the hell out of it. Really, really, really do. Um, training salespeople inside and field, working with owners of companies, helping them be more focused and mm -hmm. develop better strategies and processes. Then I realized, oh, I'm, so I write. I love to write. My, my quiet spot is when my head is spinning. I just go, all right, just sit down and write something. So I write a ton of blogs and newsletters. Mm. And um, all of a sudden, people start asking me, can you write my blog? Can you write my newsletter? Can you write my sales letter? Can you write my marketing material? Can you write my fill in the blank? And I went, for a long time, I went, no. I don't do that. I don't do that. And then I went, oh, my God. I'm just saying no to people who are asking me, asking them to hire me. How yeah. silly is that? That sounds just so stupid. So I immediately whirled around and said, yes, I can do that. And so now I have a company, and we do all of that with two other people, and we yeah. write. And, and I still adore writing, and I still write um, you know, every day for myself. I find it fun and great. Wow. And then I started, I was a networking animal because I just saw that to be the most efficient way for me to build business because yeah. I like people and, and it seemed so much better than a lot of the other things. But I started networking a lot and it was too much. And there were things I didn't like about certain groups. And mm. I was the president of two, but still you can't just change the rules because you know I wasn't a dictator. I, there were people who kind of okayed my changes. So I started my own group and, mm. and it is about 400 people wow. and it's incredible community, super unique and um, special. Um, and uh, Scott Mason is, is in it, wonderful. Who introduced us? And last but not least, so then I started getting, well, great, you can do the strategy and mm -hmm. you can um, you can write stuff, but I really need a website. Mm. 
or I need a brochure and I'd find someone to do it, of course, in my networking community. But then I said, hmm, this is a perfect niche. This is for small to mid-sized companies who yeah. really want an integrated marketing plan, but they don't because and they don't want to go out to all these disparate companies and have messages that don't even talk to each other. So I started an integrated marketing company, really focused on that marketplace, and that's been going pretty well. I feel like this um, COVID time is going to be very good for that business because seriously. If this point in time is when you decide to disappear, you mm -hmm. decide to not market, you decide to not be visible, you decide to not write or have marketing materials and not network and not do social media, then when this is all over, and it will be ending sometime, right. you will have no business. No one will know who you are. You will not have any credibility. And you can gain it again, but why would you ever want to lose it? Right. Why would you ever want to stop it? So I, to I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, the people that are doing more now are the ones that people are going to remember. Um, even if it's, you know, not necessarily doing business right now, but putting out content, being active, providing value, strengthening relationships, you know, that's really what it's all about. And if you're not doing that right now, you're going to be hurting later if you're not already. Totally. So I, I start, it's not really a business, but I bought the URL, paymewhatyouwant.com. Oh, nice. I love yeah. that. And paymewhatyouwant.com is a one hour deep dive consult on any sales and biz dev issues you have. Mm. Uh, totally focused on you customize nothing off the shelf because what's on the shelf might not be applicable to you and I ask in advance you know if you want to share like a couple sentences or even more if you want to share about your situation and what you'd like me to talk to you about yeah. I'm happy to share I have a lot of experience and I work in so many companies I feel like I have best practices born out of successful companies right. I'm happy um, to do that we're not going to talk about how much you should pay me I'm not going to mention it at all ever and if you want to at the end you see that you got value and you feel it within yourself you can pay me through Venmo, you can pay me PayPal, you can send me a check, you can do whatever you want. I won't even ask you. I won't think higher or less of you based on that because I, 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 I trust for myself not to be a BS person. And when yeah. I say pay me what you want, I mean it. And wow. it's been fabulous. What a... What a different way of thinking. Uh, nobody's doing that. It's been fabulous. It has been. So I started this years and years and years ago, but I didn't have the URL. And I used to run it as a little experiment, mm -hmm. um, like for a month period. And it was always successful. It was always successful. Um, I, I didn't do it for this reason, but of course... I did get a couple of longer-term clients out of yeah. it. Who's, you know, boy, man, I really think we should die. Because, look, I mean, there, there, is a, there is a point you can't go past in an hour. 
even two hours. I mean, really. Um, and people say, wow, that was fabulous, but I need more. I want more. What kind of arrangement can we set up? Yeah. And it, it, and it, I, I must say, I feel like I take away as much as I give. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a totally different mindset, right? It's like a lot of, you hear a lot of people on social media and LinkedIn and lead with value, give value, make more deposits, right? Like, but how many are really doing it with that sort of example that you have where you're totally leading with value, expecting nothing. And it's so genuine. It's like really heartfelt and like, Hey, you just want to help. And then if they feel like paying you, which I'm sure they do, um, and if they want more of it, then it's it's a great you know funnel to, to feed your, your core business. People were so funny. They said, oh, my God, you're going to lose your shirt, all these negatives. And I said, first of all, you do understand I'm totally in control. Yeah. Like, let's not be, you know, a, a liar about this. Um, I'm in control about the schedule. Obviously, if I have revenue producing work and have absolutely not a minute to, minute to spend on this for the next two weeks, I'm not going to set any appointment for the next two weeks. I am right. in control. So I don't feel like I'm going to lose my shirt. I have the ability to tamp it down. It's like a faucet. I can open it up. I can shut it down. Yep. I uh, And I tell people that. I mean... There's, I, I mean, and I'm, I would say I'm trying to be very discriminating as to who I take. No, honestly, I talked to this young kid who was still um, living in the town he went to college because, like, COVID came and he couldn't get out. And he's yeah. got this kind of quirky little idea, and he's kind of making it work despite much background or anything. And, and he wrote me yeah. that, and I said, you know, I think people were thinking, oh, you should just, you're not going to get anything right. more out of him, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I'm kind of interested in talking to him, you know? He's this yeah. young kid. He's an entrepreneur. It's and, awesome. And the thing is, is what pe people think so much of the immediate, like, hey, can this person pay me a lot of money right now? Or, And it's not always that, right? If you make an impact on somebody who's maybe just getting started today, and then they have a huge business in a year or two. They're going to remember that, right? And or when they can, you know, afford maybe a, a a consistent service from you, they will because you impacted them so much. You gave so much value, expecting nothing in return. Or even more to the point where it's it's like a networking, right? Like who the, you never know who knows who and who they might send your way because you really went out of your way to provide value. That's I mean, it's, totally. it's, there's so many people that talk about leading with value and, and, and there's less people that are actually practicing it. And it's just a, a like a breath of fresh air hearing that you're doing this. Well, it's like it. leading with value, but yeah. <laughs> there's like, but on the end of it, yeah. I have and no but on the end. Oh of it. yeah. And they think leading with value is like inviting people to a webinar that's supposed to be educational. You know, that's not real value. Like helping people expecting nothing in return. That is true heartfelt value when you don't expect anything in return and, and people remember you for that. It makes a big difference. Yeah, I hope so. And, and it's been really, again, I feel like I get as much out of it. So those are the things that float my days. Yeah. Um, I love them all. They feed each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think my big 
my big driver to, um, well, I'm a big get shit done person. I learned about get shit done from my mom, who was um, widowed young, Mm. left with me. Um, I was a very um, rebellious uh, teenager. Mm. Um, I was a mouthy. I I really, I I don't know what I would have done with me. I I just have no idea handled it but I was I was not uh, I was mouthy one the one thing I did do is I always got good grades and I think she could like in her head thought it was okay as long as I got good grades but um she was you know she was keeping it all together and she had to work and she had a you know she had uh, mommy duties and all that kind of stuff and um and she was a she was one of these get shit done and Mm. don't don't complain about it just you know thank you Nike just do it and I think I carry that forward um, in my own life. I know I carried it forward with my own kids mm-hmm. in that, you know, oh, I have so much to do because my kids had a lot of like, as we tend to do these days, they played on sports and they had this. Uh, and it was like, you know, complaining about, I said, just do it or we'll start pairing it back. But we do start with the sports. We do start right. with the sports, which I know you love to do. So I am a big... Um, just the longer you st- sit there complaining and, you know, going on and on about it, woe is me, you could have you know, just actually finished it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some people just like to think their idea to death and never just get started, you know? Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's it, you know, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking of starting a side hustle or you, you have an idea, you know, you just got to go for it and get started and you'll figure out things along the way. You're never going to have it perfect. You're never going to have the perfect business plan or the perfect recipe for success. There's so many things that happen along the way and you get feedback and things don't work and you adjust and you adapt and you've got to be flexible. The best thing you can do is like, just get started. Like just start doing something. Well, yeah, it's, it's starting the momentum. It's like the lines you, I I feel like you were an exercise coach telling me like, you know, (laughs) just get up off your butt and do like, you know, just do five squats and two, two planks, you know, things like that. Just, just start with something. You don't have to start your exercise routine and say every day I'm going to work out for an hour. Because that's never happening. Yeah, no. Not with someone who doesn't exercise at all, but five minutes. Five minutes. You can do five minutes today. Yeah, or they think they want to run a marathon. Like, hey, just start with a walk around the block consistently and then prove from there, right? Kind of like people think, hey, I want a $5 million business. And it's like, hey, you know, it's going to take a lot of work and whatever path you think is going to get you there is probably not true. So get started and improve and get better and get feedback and, you'll probably do something totally different. And it's, you know, your, my story is kind of similar to yours in in my entrepreneur journey where, you know, a lot of, I have, I'm a part of four different companies and they all started out of like a necessity of something. My first company I started with my wife, um, eight years ago. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, we built that business, we bootstrapped it to 5 million bucks in, in less than two years. And then we started to diversify into different services and tons of those things failed miserably and then we stumbled across something that did really well and started another business and through that business we started our partners started asking us for certain things which started another business and then now you know i've been going down this podcast journey and 
I, the person that was managing my podcast, I'm now a partner on that where we manage podcasts for people. And it's like everything has kind of happened out of necessity. So whatever you think your journey might be, it's probably something totally different. And the best thing you can yeah. do is get started. I agree with you. And it's interesting to see this point in time. Um, there was an article in the New York Times this week about – in one of the industries that was hit the hardest, of course, was um, restaurants. Yeah. Um, and how certain restaurants were able to pivot and yeah. figure out a way because uh, if they wanted to have their the ability to have their doors open when it's not only when people are going to be allowed to go inside to eat, but when they're going to be comfortable being allowed to go inside to eat. And we don't know when that's going to be. Right. So how are they going to change the paradigm? How are they going to take what they have and make it work for now? Right. And some have been miraculous. It's real. It's amazing. There's a part of um, Queens right outside of Manhattan. And it's um, an area of the borough um, that's the most ethnically diverse. It's mm -hmm. extraordinary and it's vibrant. It's like old New York, like little mm -hmm. boutiques and and, and, and bodegas and restaurants and it's very, very, very much immigrant run. Immigrants figure out how to get shit done. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, it's a funky big boulevard that they're yeah. on, funky as hell. They've managed to cobble together some like plywood so it keeps the cars off and like put in a few seats and stick some potted plant there yeah. and make it outdoor dining. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like, man, I'm eating there no matter what. I'm eating there whether I like the food or yeah. not. I'm eating there. Out of just respect for the hustle, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And they did it immediately. Yeah. The second yeah. they were told outdoor dining was allowed. Seriously, we have plywood up so you don't have the traffic in your head. Yeah. We have a plant, like a plant that you might have in your living room. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they made it happen. It's I know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And and those are the and, and 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 those are the type of places that people like you said they they want to support it because it's like hey you're really trying to you know it's survival for a lot of them. I mean I've seen some big brands do some things too. You know one that I was super impressed with um, is Best Buy. Like you know literally right away when everything was closed down they had you know order it on their app drive up touchless pickup and then everybody started following them after yep. but they were doing it right away and i was like wow it's it's impressive it's then a company that you you want to support right because you feel like they're really trying to you know navigate through the situation and still provide Absolutely. great service um and then there's companies that are now closing it's like because they sat back and did nothing yeah, they thought it was going to be the two or three week pause. Also, these immigrant restaurants, immigrant owned restaurants, I would venture to say, and I don't know this for a fact, that a whole lot of them were really not able to participate in that PPP program mm. for a lot of different reasons. The program confused a lot of people. It was yeah. a lot of paperwork and stuff. I mean, with all due respect, I had my accountant do it for me. Um, I'm legal. <laughs> so, right. I mean, 
I'm like, you know, people don't, they, they, they don't jump into government provided help for lots of reasons. And some is the complication. Some is it just takes too long to do it. I don't have time to stop and do it. The other thing is I'm a, I'm a, an office white collar worker. Tell me how many PPP programs were on Zoom those initial weeks. Probably there were 10 a day. Yeah. Well, if you're a hospitality, a food service worker, are you sitting at a computer all day? No. So even getting educated, I took a lot of those courses to figure out how to do how to work it. And so I think there's a lot of people who um, couldn't figure that out. They just didn't have the ability, time, wherewithal to sit at a computer during the day and do it. So it, they, they truly represent a, um, a segment of, of our population that has the grit to ride right. through all this stuff. Yeah, a lot of people got left behind because it was just so complicated that they didn't understand yes. it or mean. And then, you know, yes. a bunch of the huge companies ended up gobbling up the first round of funding, right? The first, the first round went to the biggest of the big. Yeah, I mean, you can't really get upset, right? Because it was like, this was such uncharted territory for, for so many people and they're trying to do their best to put something out there for, for people that really needed help. But a lot of the people yep. that really needed the help didn't get it. And, and that's what's kind of sad about totally. the whole situation. Um, you know, totally. they did another round and I think, you know, there, some ants, some things were more clear for people, but it was still really confusing. Um, and it's yeah. still, and then it's still, you know, it's, it's a loan and, you know, a lot of people don't feel good about borrowing money and, you know, right. it's supposed to be forgivable, but what is forgivable? What's not, you gotta, you know, no, it's complicated. Exactly. It's complicated. So right. a lot of folks are just sitting back and saying, nah, I don't want, I don't want any part of this, but I give a lot of credit for people who have figured out, figured out their business, hospitality, people who do personal training, having to do it via Zoom, because no longer are they hands-on on your body, people who do facials, trying to run courses on Zoom on how to do esthetician stuff. Right. I mean, lots of types of businesses really had a pivot. My pivot wasn't that difficult, because while I'm an in-person trainer, right. sales trainer, doing it digitally doing it online not a big problem i've done it before i can do it again i'm working in a marketplace where people are used to this kind of communication so um i just kind of picked yeah. up the ball and put away my um mta metro card yeah <laughs> enrolled in the higher level zoom <laughs> and that was that business kept going yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of things that have come out of the situation of, of new ways of doing business that I think people are going to prefer and obviously are going to stick around. I mean, it's much more efficient if you live in a, mar a large metro city than, you know, maybe going to two or three appointments a day. I mean, on Zoom or any video conferencing platform, you could, you could meet eight or ten people in a day, you know, um, yeah. and have time well, to do other things. A lot of big companies, I mean, this um, how we'll return is going to be very different because what was it? Google today came out and said right. 2021. Um, they have, I forgot, 8,000 yeah. people in New York or something. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know a lot of people in commercial real estate. 
um, offices. I have a client that owns a very large um, uh, footprint in a building. Mm -hmm. Their employees are all working remotely now, and they're discovering that they don't need that larger space. They're right. only going to bring back a small group of people. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And some people, I think there's a lot of people that are also putting out surveys too, where it's like people are preferring to work from home and not have to commute and they get more productive or they have a little more time with their family in the morning. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing that I see is a, is a challenge or obstacle. My kids are still young, but if you have older kids and you got to play teacher and do your job, I can't even imagine what that's like yeah. and how challenging that must be. Yeah. Well, there are the challenges of how you are an educator as well as a business owner or employee. Right. There's challenges for people, especially in, in New York. People live in, um, we live in small spaces. Right. We're not, you know, we, a lot of people are in apartments with multiple children and um, they're noisy and, if they're young, they're going to be noisy. You're not right. going to ask them to shush because they don't have a clue what that means or even how to do it. So, right. yes, there's definitely challenges. People have been incredibly inventive how to create their Zoom space. Yeah. And um, I think that um, there's a whole business in that too now. You right. know, there's, there's Zoom clothing, there's Zoom lighting, there's Zoom furniture, there's yeah. Zoom artwork it's pretty funny yeah 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 <laughs> but and there's probably there's, yeah, i've even good. seen people like you know doing webinars and courses on how to use zoom you know it's like oh, there's so yeah. many of those there's so 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 many of those they're almost stopping now because it's been five months so we yeah. we kind of figured out how to do it <laughs> yeah. there's zoom producers so you know, I run meetings on Zoom, but like the, probably the largest I've run has been, I don't know, 60 or 70 people. But I have um, a good friend of mine who just ran one for 750 people. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and need a producer. Huge. Yeah. You that's, need a producer. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I uh, like a good friend of mine, he just went to, he just attended a virtual Tony Robbins event where there was 20,000 people on yeah. Zoom. Yeah. I don't know how they pulled it off, but they did, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. we, we personally are doing some virtual events. We use a different platform, um, but we have, you know, probably about almost 400. We're expecting about 500 people to RSVP for that. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun to do these events. You don't have to travel. You don't have to be away from the family. You don't have to book a hotel. You don't got to you know, do all yeah, that yeah. hassle and you get more or it, just as much, if not more done, or, you know, it's just as productive and produces the same results. So yeah, there's a lot of things that are going to stick around. So yep. before we wrap up, I just want to know is tell us, tell people where they can connect with you online, where they can learn more about what okay. you're doing, where they can um, maybe book that session for payment. Yeah. So a book, book that session at paymewhatyouwant.com. It's that simple. Pretty simple. Um, best way to communicate with me seriously is um, email. It's amiller <clears throat> at adrianmiller.com. And the only quirk there is Adrian is A-D-R-I-A-N. There's lots of ways to spell Adrian. 
but that's the way my parents decided to spell it for me. So um, I answer all my emails. I'm real responsive. Um, it's too many websites to give you. Uh, if you if you email me, I'll send you anything you need, anything you want to know. Introductions. I'm a big networker, and since we are all doing stuff on Zoom, we can work anywhere in the world. I was on the phone right. yesterday with someone in Korea. Wow. You know. Yeah. yeah. Never Doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Didn't matter before as much, but we're really aware of it not mattering now. Hundred percent. Well, right. Adrian. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast hey, today. Welcome to the Monster Chats community. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. The show is all about you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Monster Chats, presented by Monster Voip, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales in organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions from today's show and want to reach us directly, please text your question to 424-378-6966.